It is Friday, December 6th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 14 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. I will add some showdown notes over the weekend for the Sunday and Monday night games, and you can get access to all of that stuff plus every page of DS Insider content for free the rest of the way. All you need to do is head into iTunes, give our podcast a rating, a review, screenshot that or it didn't happen, then email it to us at info at draftsharks.com. Do that. We will hook you up with DS Insider access through the remainder of this season and the NFL playoffs. Of course, if you're already a DS Insider and you just think that we're swell guys, we'd certainly appreciate the holiday gift of leaving us a quick rating and review as well. Help us out in iTunes. Whether you're a nice person or not, you will be able to check the free post for this show on DraftSharks.com Saturday morning, and you can find out who Jared and I are playing against each other in round 14 of the Shark Duel. And Jared, I've lost two straight here. Brings the season score to 8-5. Any takeaways from you as you catch up to me in this competition? Yeah, I'm coming for you. You better uh, watch your back. Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, playing Miles Sanders, I think over Philip Lindsay, and those two were close in my mind, but, you know, that was quite a big difference here. Then the Steelers' defense, I'll I'll talk about them more later, but they've just been awesome for for a long time now. They've been a, a strong fantasy play. Philip Lindsay over Miles Sanders was a stupid decision uh, on my part in hindsight. And really, he's just not a good cash game play. I, I need to just understand that. He's simply a volatile player. He's not like the kind of running back who's just going to get his yardage when you give him touches. He's a smallish guy who, you know, doesn't always fall forward. So I, I need to remind myself every week that he's not a cash game player. And Ronald Jones was the bigger mistake. I obviously, I just overestimated the safety of his starting gig there because it just took one missed blitz pickup and Bruce Arians shoved him into the great pit of Carcoon from Return of the Jedi. Right, and I mean, Peyton Barber obviously had the big game, so you could have gotten there with Jones. It just didn't happen. He he probably was not a good cash game type play, but I think for tournaments, I think the process was okay. If I could start Bucks running back, but I mean, that's the problem is Bucks running back is not a reliable, uh, not a reliable item, no matter who it is, who's actually quote unquote starting the game. Exactly. We'll both be back at it for week 14. We'll show you who we're playing against each other come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast. It will not include Ronald Jones. It will not include Philip Lindsay. Who will it include at Cash QB, Jared? I'm going to Sean Watson for my cash game quarterback, 7700 bucks. The only reason he's not a lock for me is because Jameis Winston is at the same exact price, and I do think it's close between the two, but I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, I, I just think he's a better player, more reliable. Deshaun Watson actually averaging the second most Fando points per game behind only Lamar Jackson this season. He's at home on Sunday. That's always nice this time of year, not have to worry about weather. The Texans have the third highest implied total on the main slate at 26.25 points. And the Broncos' pass defense has struggled over the past three games now. 769 passing yards and seven touchdowns allowed to Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, and Phillip Rivers. Yeah, my initial reaction to see, to looking at Deshaun Watson is like, well, Denver's a negative matchup, but 
I mean, it's really not that tough a matchup at this point, so I certainly cannot argue with that, especially at the same price as Jameis Winston. I, I agree with you, a much safer play, and even if the matchup is still negative, we just watched him beat the most negative matchup for passing very easily in New England on Sunday night, so it makes no sense to bet against Deshaun Watson at this point. Our top six quarterbacks in FanDuel dollars per point this week all sit within 20 bucks of each other, and we're talking about a range that it dips as low as the the high 300s. So that's a very tight window that they all sit in. I certainly think Winston, Deshaun Watson are in play. I also think Ryan Tannehill at $400 less than those guys is worth considering. And, you know, as we're lineup building, I think we'll see whether those $400 matter. Tannehill's got some regression coming in his touchdown rates and his yardage, probably in his rushing touchdowns as well. But he's also got Oakland this week, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to bet on him just kind of imploding this week. Right. I agree there's a bunch of options this week. I think, as usual, quarterback along with defense should probably be the two final positions you fill out. You know, make sure you like everything else and then sort of find the quarterback and defense that fit. Mm -hmm. And we both mentioned Winston at cash, but he might be a better option on the tourney side as we switch there, right? Yeah, he's, he's my tournament guy. Um, you know, Coming off his first bad fantasy performance since week two, and, and Winston didn't even play bad in that game yesterday. Uh, last week, he just had you know game script worked against him after Nick Foles committed a few turnovers. The Bucks got out to a big lead. Winston just didn't have to do much. So I think ownership's going to be down on him, especially on FanDuel here with Deshaun Watson at the same price. I, I do think Watson will be quite a bit higher owned. But James Winston, you know, he's shown us upside. All season, 20-plus Fando points in 6 of 12 games this year. I think the volume should be back up in this game against the Colts. And um, Colts slot corner Kenny Moore has been ruled out for that game. So, you know, it's a matchup upgrade for Chris Godwin, which also helps Jameis Winston, obviously. Yes, I totally agree with that. I think Winston might be an even better tournament, probably a better tournament option. We've seen the ultimate ceiling. As you mentioned, didn't score for us last week it's just because he didn't throw touchdowns it's because Peyton Barber scored the two touchdowns instead in a matchup that we knew wasn't awesome for passing so the matchup is better this time around you just mentioned Indy's best corner is out that frees up Chris Godwin Jameis Winston sitting at a four percent ownership projection in fan share right now I would expect that will rise some but I I think that there's just too much out there to keep it from rising too much so yeah I think Winston and Chris Godwin are as attractive a stack as you can find out there, especially because even if the the Denver matchup isn't tough overall for Houston, it's still tougher than most for DeAndre Hopkins. And the targets are spread around a little bit more in Houston than they are in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Winston, um, easier to stack. I mean, even if you use Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you're soaking up a big chunk of his production with those two guys. One other higher price stack that I want to mention that's also, I think, coming in lower owned than it should is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers sitting under 5% right now, according to FanShare. Devontae Adams at 10%, which is not low, but I also think Devontae Adams against Washington should be like 18, 20 plus. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's a better quarterback wide receiver that for fantasy points this week than Adams and Rodgers. It's just, it is expensive. So you got to get a little creative to fit in the rest of your lineup there. Now let's talk about some of those guys that might help you fit that stack in there. Cash, who do you play for running back? Cash, I'm, I'm going to lock in Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon. 
Um, seventy five hundred bucks for Leonard Fournette. He's just still too cheap for the usage he's getting. He's seventh among all running backs in carries. He's second among all running backs in targets with eighty one targets this season. And the matchup's good against the Chargers. Twenty fourth in Football Outsiders run defense rankings. And then on the other side of that game, Melvin Gordon, seventy three hundred bucks. Um, he has twenty plus carries in three of his last four games now. So you know he's sort of re established himself as the workhorse back there also 3.3 targets per game over those last three so getting used in the passing game and this Jags run D as we've talked about one of the worst in the league right now 5.3 yards per carry allowed to running backs on the season 6.1 yards per carry over the last four games now yeah and lost their middle linebacker not that Miles Jack is having a good season but you know that's not going to help the run D at all so yeah I agree with you I like both running backs on both sides of that matchup. I also like Devontae Freeman at 6000 bucks. to like him for a change. It's nice to be able to like him. The Panthers are the best scoring matchup for fantasy running backs right now. They're adding about 25% scoring to running backs. They have allowed six more running back touchdowns than any other team on the ground, that is, rushing touchdowns, than any other team in the league. Washington, of course, just beat him up for 248 yards, three rushing touchdowns last week. The Niners recently hit him up for 232 and four rushing touchdowns by running backs. Aaron Jones scored three times on the ground, 93 yards. Three different Tampa Bay running backs have scored rushing touchdowns against them. I bet that there are people listening to the show who can't even name three Tampa Bay running backs at this point. Freeman saw a season-high 22 opportunities last week in his return from the injury, so we know he's going to get the ball. The challenge of Ito Smith is not there anymore. Kadri Allison scored a rushing touchdown against the Panthers the last time Atlanta played them, so we know it's possible for even Atlanta to score on the ground against Carolina. And the Falcons are actually a home favorite this week, so you know we'll see if that actually proves true. But you know it's the kind of situation that we like the running back in heading in. Yeah, I'm right with you on Freeman. I think in cash, you play him along with Fournette and Melvin Gordon, which of course means you're not playing Christian McCaffrey, which is a little is a little scary. But all the way up at eleven thousand bucks for McCaffrey, um, I, I just I don't think he's the optimal play this this week on Fanduel. Yeah, I agree. On the tournament side, he he's a little bit interesting because he's sitting yeah. under ten percent right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, no one has a higher ceiling in any position, so you can always make an argument for McCaffrey in tournaments. That's for sure. It might be a good idea to fade Freeman as well, though. We, we've kind of been trying to ignore ownership rates this year, but with Freeman looking like he's going to either lead or be among the top two or three running backs in owned rate, he just strikes me as the kind of player who it's not hard to envision the scenario yeah. where he lets us all down and, you know, could just take out a quarter of the field. Yeah, no, I think that that's fair. I think he's a guy you, you definitely can consider fading in tournaments, especially if you're using, you know, higher owned quarterbacks and wide receivers in that lineup. And, and there are some guys you can pivot to in Freeman's range. One guy I like, Sonny Michelle, 6,600 bucks. The Patriots win extremely run heavy in both their games against the Chiefs. Last year, they ran on 51% of their plays in those two games. I expect a similar game plan on Sunday because the Chiefs remain much tougher against the pass than the run. They're 30th in Football Outsiders run defense rankings. Michelle in those two games against the Chiefs last season, 24 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns, 29 carries for 113 yards and two touchdowns. We'll, we'll take uh, you know either of those lines this Sunday. And the one thing we've learned is the the thing we can count on is the predictability of the game plan from the Patriots. Hey, man, you know, Bill Belichick's a smart guy. And if you're a smart guy, how are you going to attack the Chiefs? You're going to pound the ball. No, I'm with you, especially on the tournament side. I agree. Um, yeah. I also like Mark Ingram and Joe Mixon 
And they're, they're not in a similar salary range, but they're not super expensive to uh, Devontae Freeman this week. Joe Mixon's 700 bucks more. Uh, Mark Ingram's another 700 bucks above that. You know, Joe Mixon's certainly the better price play. Both of these guys, though, are projected for under 5% ownership right now. So you get a little bit of a boost there for building a GPP lineup. And really, they should both be good bets for work. The knock on Ingram is that we can't count on a huge rushing load. But he's also in a situation that could pay off at 13, 14 carries. The Bills have been a run-funnel matchup all year. Mixon gets a Browns defense that's 23rd in Football Outsiders' run D DVOA, so it's a nice spot to run the ball. Of course, it would be a good idea for the Bengals to try to keep feeding him, and they've actually been doing that more lately than they were previously. They've finally given him the ball like we hoped they would all year. He looked good against the Jets, who are a tougher run D than Cleveland last week. Yeah, Mixon's the guy I am really interested in this week. Um, you, you mentioned he sort of saw a role change last week, set a season high in snap rate and route rate, uh, 19 carries and four targets in that game. He, he got he, he played a bigger role in the passing game than he had been, so if that continues, I think you know he, he's a good bet to, to beat his price tag pretty easily. Yeah, I think running out Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon as three running backs in a GPP lineup is attractive. like it. Wide receiver, what do you like on cash? Uh, DJ Moore, again, I think we've mentioned him like multiple weeks in a row now on FanDuel. His price has climbed to 7100 bucks, but I still think it's too cheap for the volume he's seeing. Moore has eight-plus targets in eight straight games now. He has 10-plus targets in five of those games. He scored 13.5 or more FanDuel points in five straight games. That includes the first meeting against Atlanta. Eight catches for 95 yards in that game. Gets the rematch on Sunday. Um, the Falcons are 25th in Fando points allowed to wide receivers. So good volume, good matchup, good price for DJ Moore. I have almost as hard a time setting a DFS lineup without DJ Moore right now as I did setting one over the first five weeks without Sammy Watkins. <laughs> the thing with DJ Moore is that he's actually producing. Whereas with Sammy Watkins, it was like, well, at some point he's going to get back to some of the stuff he did in week one and the price is just too good. I'm, I've got to keep him in there so I don't miss out. With DJ Moore, he's doing it. He's, he's rewarding you for sticking with him. Yeah, I played Sammy Watkins last week, so it's it's taken me 13 weeks to quit Sammy Watkins. <laughs> I, I was glad he got injured so I could get off the train. It was hurting. Yeah, right. I like Devontae Adams at 8400 It's expensive. It's going to take some work, but it takes less work than fitting $11,000 Christian McCaffrey into your lineup. I think that I can make Devontae Adams happen. And I, I love the both the floor and the ceiling. 10-plus targets in five straight games. That dates back to before his toe injury. Six-plus catches in each of those games. The matchup is neutral, so I will take that. That doesn't matter at all. We saw the ceiling last week. He scored twice against the Giants. Absolutely could do so again this week. Devontae Adams is second in our FanDuel dollars per point. He's right between DJ Moore and then $6,000 Jamison Crowder behind him. Yeah, 33% target share for Adams since he returned from that injury. He's, he's just the only guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts in that wide receiver core right now. And for good reason. Yeah. Tournament wide out, what you got? Uh, Jarvis Landry for me, so he's seventy two hundred bucks, four hundred more than Odell Beckham. So I'm hoping that keeps his ownership down versus OBJ. Landry now leads the Browns in targets with one hundred eight. That ranks tenth among all wide receivers. Um, he's also third in the NFL with sixteen red zone targets and tied for the league lead with eleven targets inside the ten. So you know we we didn't think of Landry as a big touchdown guy in Miami, but um, the way the Browns are using him, you know, he has he has more touchdown upside right now than than Odell Beckham. I think he's the better tournament play. I agree. It's funny because I remember earlier this season we were like, well, it looks like Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry just don't work together. Yeah. And then I think Baker Mayfield was probably listening. He was like, oh, crap, I forgot I have Jarvis Landry there in the middle of the field. This Beckham stuff's not working. 
I'm going to go to the reliable guy. It take it takes a season for these wide receivers and quarterbacks to get on the same page. I think I think that's why uh, you know maybe next year it'll happen for OBJ with the Browns. Yeah, I like Chris Godwin here. It, not like a sneaky play by any means. He's currently around nine percent. I wouldn't be surprised if that climbs into double digits. Both as people are setting their lineups and now that we know Kenny Moore is out for the Colts, but. Chris Godwin comes with the ceiling. He's shown us the ceiling. So as long as he's not like 30% owned, I think it's tough to not put him in there. And for like fitting him in there, I think that two guys to consider are Curtis Samuel at 5,800 in that matchup with Atlanta. Always volatile, but we know that the upside's there because he's a deep ball guy and it's a good matchup. But also Paris Campbell at 4,800 bucks. He's practicing in full this week. And the past two times that Paris Campbell actually got onto the field, he saw eight targets and then he saw five targets and three rushing attempts against Pittsburgh. So as long as he's healthy, it looks like Indy wants to really kind of force the ball to the speedy rookie. Yeah, it would make sense to do that. Um, I don't know. I think we need to pipe down about Paris Campbell, though, because I kind of <laughs> want to use him. But if he gets up to like, you know, 10 plus percent, he probably doesn't make sense anymore. Such is the duality of this gig that we got. <laughs> I know, I know. Tight end, what are you playing for cash? Um, I'd like to get up to Darren Waller if I can, 6200 bucks. In the six games that Hunter Renfro has seen five-plus targets this season, Waller's only averaged 5.3 targets per game in those. In the other five games you know, where Renfro wasn't as involved, Waller's averaged 9.2 targets per game. Renfro remains out for Sunday's game against the Titans, so I think Waller is you know, right up there as one of the best target bets at tight end. And he has a good matchup against Tennessee, 21st in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings, 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. You playing that Waller car stack? I don't know if I can do Derek Carr. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just play Waller by himself. Yeah, I don't think he's cheap enough on here like he is on yeah. DraftKings to really be a, an attractive option. Yeah, I agree. Mike Jacecki at 5,400 is my starting point. Um, and, you know, I feel like it shows personal growth. Most of the time when I'm talking about Mike Jacecki, it's talking about uh, what a loser he is. But I- I'm buying in now. 5400 bucks, a great price versus other similar bets for targets and production at this position. Just fifth at the position in owner rate, too, So in, in projected ownership rate. So it's not like he's overly popular this week. Six-plus targets in five straight games. Six catches for 95 yards in the first meeting with the Jets. Now they're without Jamal Adams, so the matchup only gets better for him. And his, his standing as a target certainly hasn't fallen since then. Uh, he, he should be a top two or at least three target for Miami in this game that could be a shootout. Yeah, I have no issue with him. Um, I I prefer Kyle Rudolph at forty eight hundred bucks, and I think even Ian Thomas, who is way down at four thousand, I think I'd rather go there than Mike Kosicki. I'd rather go with somebody that has shown the target floor at this point than all the way down to Ian Thomas, unless I really need him. Yeah, I mean Thomas hasn't shown it this year, obviously, because Greg Olson has stayed on the field. But Thomas averaged a little over five targets per game when Olson was out last season. Mm-hmm. Who are you favoring on the tournament side? Uh, George Kittle for me, paying up for George Kittle at sixty-seven hundred bucks. I, I I just think this might be a Kittle game for the Niners. A chance they fall behind in New Orleans, which would force them to throw a bit more. And the Saints are just tougher on wide receivers than tight ends. Football Outsiders has the Saints fifteenth in tight end coverage. They're twentieth in adjusted fancy points allowed to the position. So you know it's it's not a bad matchup for Kittle, and, and we all know the upside he has. Yeah, I also feel like I'm going to have to give a look at the Niners in DraftKings. I haven't paid much attention to them, the Niners wide receivers, to see what the prices are on on Debo and Sanders yet because they move around so much. I don't know if anybody is going to get the Marshawn Lattimore uh, shadow in that game. And I just wonder if this game is going to push a lot more passing volume than we're used to seeing from them. Yeah, it definitely could. Um, 
Uh, I think it would make sense to pair one of those Niners receivers with another Saint and just you know hope it becomes a high-scoring game and the Niners are forced to throw it a bit more. Yeah, I certainly don't also don't want to over-invest in that game because I don't think that we're headed for the, the shootout type that we've come to expect from the Saints at home. You know, I, I agree. Um, outside of Kittle, I'm not going to have much exposure to that game. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, I do think it makes sense to sort of game stack it if you're going to play either side. For my tournament tight end, I'm keeping it cheap so that I can get those expensive wide receivers in that I was talking about. I, I like the guys in the 5K range. Well, Mike Jacecki, really, because they're not as cheap over here relatively on uh, FanDuel as they are on DraftKings. So Mike Jacecki's a starting point at 5,400, but Kyle Rudolph, who you mentioned at 4,800, is also in play. If I have money left, I can go up to Jack Doyle because I think he's a similar outlook to Rudolph and Jacecki in that they are top targets for their team. There's touchdown upside. There's a positive matchup. Kyle Rudolph's already delivered in this matchup with Detroit, and now Adam Thielen is doubtful. So that should mean that he's out for the game. That only helps Kyle Rudolph, who's been a, a red zone monster. Right. Yeah, I think Rudolph has awesome touchdown upside for his price. Good matchup against Detroit. Um, the Vikings have the highest implied total on the week, so a lot of touchdown upside there. Yeah, I think the only thing that pushes me toward Jacecki over Rudolph in general is I think that the Dolphins are a better bet for passing volume than Minnesota is this week. Yeah, definitely fair. Over at Flex, what do you like? Um, so yeah, in, in cash, it's going to be Devontae Freeman, most likely. Um, I think he, he's a safe bet at his price tag. Tournaments, I think Jamison Crowder is an option at 6000 Um He has four games of 16-plus Fando points this season. One of those came in the first meeting against the Dolphins, so like that, like him. Um, and then Will Fuller, uh, 6600 You know, He's had that one monster game earlier this season, had another pretty big game a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, we know he has tournament-winning upside. And in this matchup with Chris Harris likely to shadow DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to give Fuller a much easier draw. Mm-hmm. I think that the tight ends are in play here. I know you're not going to play them, but I think it's worth considering because when you stack their prices up against – uh, running back wide receiver, then the value really shows up. And and there's touchdown upside to Jack Doyle, Mike Jacecki, Kyle Rudolph in their matchups this week. I also like the 6K range at running back, though, if the price doesn't matter that much where I need to get down into the 5Ks. You know, we mentioned Freeman, we mentioned Joe Mixon, you mentioned Sonny Michelle. I think Benny Snell is also worth a look at 6,100. LaShawn McCoy at 6,100. He'd be tournament only for me. Devin Singletary, 6,700. And then... James White, Matt Breida. Uh, James White at 6K might be tough on FanDuel with other guys that are better bets for carries in the same range. But if if I am looking down in the 5K range for a GPP lineup, Matt Breida's interesting at 5,600 because San Francisco was leaning toward him as their top back before the injury, even ahead of Tevin Coleman. And then Alexander Madison, 5,100. I think we're both expecting Minnesota to control that game. And if they get up by two scores, and frankly, even going in, even before they take a lead, it would make sense for them to lighten the load on Dalvin Cook, throw a couple extra carries at Madison, and then if they are just dominating in the second half, you know, sit Dalvin Cook, let him rest the shoulder and get Madison a bunch of work. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like Madison's chances to get 10-plus carries in this game. And then if he scores a touchdown, you know, you're in business. Um, I do think Breda at 56 and even Tevin Coleman at 55. You know, I, I have no idea how the carries are going to be split between um, those two and Raheem Mostert. But in a tournament, you know, I, I think um, taking shots on either of those two guys, and even Mostert, who is more expensive, you know, he, he'd be my least favorite of the three just because he's more expensive. But I think taking... Um, shots on the Niners' backs in tournaments make some sense. Yeah, for me, Tevin Coleman's a guy that I wouldn't touch. I, I wouldn't play any of them unless I'm setting, you know, a fair number of tournament lineups. There, there wouldn't be one that I would go to in in like one single go to lineup. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not sure I'll actually invest any of my money in this situation. Yeah, I'm probably not playing any of them either. Uh, on defense, what do you like? I'm, I'm sticking with the Steelers. Talked about them before. Um, they're 4,300 bucks this week. They're in Arizona. Cardinals have been very up and down offense this season. Sort of tough to know what you're going to get out of them. But against the Steelers defense, I'm going to bet on the Steelers defense in this matchup. And they've just been awesome. The, the Steelers have 11 plus Fando points in nine of their last 10 games. It's very tough. Maybe even impossible. I'm not sure I've ever seen a defense um, consistently put up, you know, double-digit fantasy points for nine out of the last ten weeks. Yeah, I certainly cannot argue with the Steelers, especially coming off of Kyler Murray's worst performance of the season. I'm not going to be steering away from the Buccaneers, though. They're my defense this week. They are 3,800 bucks. You know, unless I get there and there's 500 extra dollars staring at me, maybe I'll be swayed. But Buccaneers at 3,800. They're coming off their two best fantasy outings of the year. Even if you take away the defensive touchdowns, that would still be true. They had 11 sacks, six takeaways in those two games. And not li- unlike the Falcons blip when they came out of their bye, this is a defense that's trending up overall. We look at the pro football focus grades. It points to a defense getting better. We look at the football outsiders ratings. That points to a defense getting better. They're up to ninth in overall defensive DVOA. Even the pass defense is 19th, which isn't good, but it's right around the middle of the league, which is a big leap from where the Bucs were early this season. And they're 12th in weighted defense, which shows they've been playing better lately than they were early in the year. You put that up against a good matchup this week. The Colts playing poorly on offense. They've been running the ball much better than throwing it. That's not the way that you want to go up against these Buccaneers now. Jacoby Brissett looks like a guy who is struggling through his knee injury. So I think that the Buccaneers come with an attractive floor. I think the ceiling is high and they've showed it over the past two weeks. And I just, I feel better about them than other options in the 3K range this week. I'm I'm sick of hearing you talk about the Bucs. I'm ready to just get to Sunday and see if they actually play another good game. In that case, that'll do it for the week 14 edition of our FanDuel podcast. Unless you have other defenses that you want to mention. Let's get out of here. All right. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can read all of Kevin's picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. You can read my full case for the Tampa Bay defense. You can check out our full week 14 rankings, complete with our FanDuel dollars per point projections, and mess around with the lineup builder tool to try to win you some money. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaufsan. Thanks so much for swimming with us. 